What's up, Celebration Church Young Adults? How are y'all feeling tonight? Y'all feeling good? Yeah? Well, good, because y'all look good. I, uh, first of all, I just want to introduce myself. My name is uh, Mauricio Franco Jr. I am the worship pastor here at Celebration Church. I have the honor and privilege to be able to serve alongside uh, these amazing worship uh, musicians and vocals. Can we get up for the team that just played for us? Come on. Did they not kill it? Every single week, uh, Kyle and his team, man, they, they do an outstanding job, and uh, I'm excited that I get to be a part of, of what God is doing here. And also, I just want to honor um, our young adult pastors, Pastors Keenan and Beth. Can we give it up? Come on, somebody. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but we are, we are under some amazing leadership. Um, pastors Keenan and Pastor Beth, um, they are closest friends of mine. And I'm not saying that to flex um, <laughs> at all. I was Keenan's friend before he was Keenan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I, uh, I have the unique privilege and honor to be able to call them close friends. And um, they are the real deal. I'm telling you, they love people with all their heart. Um, they generally love the local church. And so um, with the, just one more time, can we just honor them, please? Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I, I just, I, I'm excited. Is it cool if I preach a little bit t tonight? Is that cool? Sweet. I got a word on my heart. Uh, I'm excited to teach tonight. And if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, um, the title of my talk today is this, The Loving Neighbor. The Loving Neighbor. I don't know where you live. I don't know what side of town you live on or if you're from the east side, west side, from the south side or the north side. Um, but uh, we all have neighbors, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, growing up, my neighbor, um, <laughs> the neighbor that I had, I remember mom, my mom would always send me over to get, like, um, like sugar or something, you know what I mean? Y'all don't do that anymore? Okay. <laughs> Just me. Um, or to go get some tortillas because we ran out. Stuff like that, you know, and those are some good neighbors. Those are some neighbors that I, I, I would vibe with. Those are some neighbors that I was like, okay, like, I'm down with you. You're the real deal. But then you have those neighbors that keep you up late at night because they just want to party and party all night long, and they have the music blasting, you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Like, um, like mariachi music and all kinds of stuff. And I don't know what side of town I live on. I, I'm telling you, there's some good neighbors and there's some not so good neighbors. We have neighbors of all kinds. And the truth is, is that what I want to look at today is a story in the Bible um, where Jesus uh, talks about what a neighbor is. If you want to go with me here in Luke chapter 10, we're going to pick up in verse 25. The story is, uh, the title is the parable of the good Samaritan. The parable of the good Samaritan. Maybe some of you are already like, dang, I know where he's going with this. I know where he's going with this. But hey, I, I just want to ask you to please lean in, tune in. Like, like this is the first time you're hearing this. All right, lean in. And it says this, picking up in verse 25, it says, on one occasion... An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know who is a baller. They think they're baller enough to stand up to test Jesus himself. Apparently, this guy um, uh, thinks he, 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 he's good enough to do that. Um, so he stands up and, uh, to test Jesus. What it says, teacher, he asks, what must I do 
to inherit eternal life. What do I need to do to, to be able to make it to the end? Jesus, like, you got to understand this guy, he's an expert in the law, the scripture says. He knows what he needs to do. He knows, he knows the Torah. He, he knows the scripture. But he's trying to buck up to Jesus and ask him, what, what, what do I, I got to do to inherit eternal life? What, what is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. All right, so Jesus gave him an answer. The guy comes up. He's trying to be smart with Jesus. So what do I got to do? Jesus gives him an answer. Love, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? We, thought, we think it stopped there. But it continues in 29. It says this, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Another translation says he was looking for a, a loophole to ask. He was looking for, like, who, 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 is, who exactly is my neighbor? I, I find it interesting that this guy here, this expert in, in the law, he didn't have an issue. He didn't have an issue with loving the Lord your God. He thought that was fine. But the, the thing he had an issue with was the part of love your neighbor. He, he had the issue with the, the love your neighbor part. And to be honest, if we're going to be completely honest, isn't it easier for us to love those who we know love us than those who don't? It's tough sometimes. It's easier for us to love back those who we know. Man, they, they truly, they're down for us. They're our ride or dies. They got our back. But it's so much more harder to love those who, who, who we aren't the biggest, if we're going to be honest, fans of, or they aren't the biggest fans of us. Hearing this, hearing this scripture as a kid, I grew up in, in the church, and I remember hearing this, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself, love your, love your neighbor as yourself. And I remember always thinking, like, looking, you know, like, on both sides of, of the fence, like, okay, this guy's cool, you know, I'll love him. Or, and this guy, not so much, so I won't love him. Like, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. Who's, which, which neighbor, like, am I going to be able to love them or not? But Jesus is going to explain to us here what exactly loving your neighbor means. And I love this, John 13, 34, Jesus says this, he says this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved, as I have loved you. I, I think one of the reasons why Jesus says that is because we can, if we're gonna be honest, we can find ourselves, you know what, if I don't love, if Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, then if I don't love myself, then I don't have to love anybody, <laughs> all right? Can we be real? Like, we're just like, okay, Jesus, like, I, I see what you're saying. Just, I don't love myself. Now I ain't got to love anybody else. No, no. But Jesus takes this step further, and he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another in this, and by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, the expert in the law is asking Jesus all these questions, and Jesus could have easily gotten into a theological debate. He could have went into it with them. 
Or Jesus could have given him just a boom, quick answer. Could have just answered him uh, just real quick. But Jesus chose to go another route. Jesus chose to tell him. He just, he, Jesus chose to respond, if I could say, with the parable. And this is Jesus' response. In reply, Jesus said, check this out, verse 30. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. So Jesus starts this story. He tells us, man, this guy's going from point A to point B, from Jerusalem to Jericho. He, gets, he, he basically gets mugged. He basically gets, gets robbed. 31 says, a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. A priest. You got to understand, this is a priest, a religious leader. Saw this man on the road, basically dead, half dead. And he, he sees him and he goes around. 32 says, so too a Levite, when he came to, uh, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Another religious leader, seeing this man half dead and passing, passing by. People who, who you would think, people who you would think that would stop. People that you would expect in this day to help this man. But they just straight up ignore this dude. They straight up ignore him. They, 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 they literally go out of their way to pass him by. And the question I have is why, if we're going to be honest, why, why do we sometimes choose to ignore those who are in need? Have you ignored those in need? I mean, we've been there, if we're going to be honest. I've walked on the other side a time or two. I'm going to be honest, today, it's crazy. I, I, I cut hair, I'm a barber in town. And so I just got, I had just got done cutting hair and I was a little hungry. And so I said, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A, the Lord's Chicken. Anybody with me? So, <laughs> thank you, yes. So I, I get in my car and I said, man, I'm gonna grab something to eat real fast before I come up to the church. And um, I get in my car and I, and I head to Chick-fil-A and uh, I stop at, at the red light and I see a dude asking for money. And the first thing that pops in my head is, man, he, is this, he's like, man, that dude, like, he, he really looks capable of working. Like, he, he could, he, you know, he, he, he looks like he could really work. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like, dang, like, bro, like, you could just fill out an application, and, you know, you, you, you'll be good. And then, honestly, if I'm going to be real, the Holy Spirit just kind of whispered to me, like, 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 in a loving, gentle way, the Holy Spirit speaks to everybody different. But it was just simply like, are you really going to preach that tonight, and you ain't even going to help this guy? <laughs> and I was just like, man. So I had a little bit of cash right here in my, um, where the, the, you hold the cups, the cup holder. <laughs> so I grabbed I grab some money. I grabbed some money. I wrote down the window and I said, here you go, bro. I gave it to him as soon as it's, the light turned green. And man, I'll tell you what, I, I, I was just, I was just so, I, I'll be honest, if I would have done that, I would have just been going all day like, man, I, I would have been like the priest, like the Levite, going on the other side, not giving this man any love. The truth is, is that I don't need to know where that money goes. I can assume, I can speculate, I can even maybe 
I, I can even go, go, go wherever in my head, like, what is he going to do with that money? But the truth is, the Lord knows him, the Lord knows me, and he knows my heart. If my heart is to help somebody and to love somebody that doesn't look like me, the dude did not look like me at all. I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, man, the love of Jesus is for everybody. Can I just say that? Yeah. The love of Jesus is for those that don't look like you. The love of Jesus is for those who don't vote like you. The love of Jesus is, is, for, is for those who, is for everybody. It's for everybody. I'm, I'm telling you, the sweet little voice of the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And can I encourage you, when the Holy Spirit speaks, allow him to speak to you. He knows how to talk to you. He's a gentleman. God will speak to you in your own love, in, in, in his own loving way. And I asked myself, man, the priest, the Levite, boom, they went around him. And, and I wonder, maybe, maybe sometimes we don't like, maybe, if we're going to be honest, we don't help people or love people because we don't feel supportive. Like maybe you've tried it. Maybe you've, maybe you've done it and people just don't support you and it doesn't go right. And, and, and then you get discouraged. Have you been there? Anybody been there? I, I remember I started barber school and um, in September, it was the end of September, um, uh, not this past September, the September before 2020. And um, I started barber school like September 29th or something like that. And I remember, um, you know, obviously we get into October and I'm going to school. And um, the, 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 the school does like some awards, right? They like award ceremony literally every month. And um, we're in class and they're giving out awards to everybody. And I remember they say, all right, perfect attendance for the month of September Mauricio Franco, and I was so excited because I got perfect attendance for those two, three days, all right? Literally, everybody who was getting awarded was getting hand claps, right? They were getting hand claps. When they called my name and they said perfect attendance for Mauricio Franco, nobody clapped for me. As a matter of fact, if I'm going to be honest, they, they actually were like, man, why does he get, a, why does he get an award? He, he does it, he, he's only been here for like three days. I'm telling you, I'm new, to, I'm new to the school, man. I want to drop out right then and there. I just felt so discouraged. Like, nobody had my back. So they gave me the award. I get the piece of paper, and we take the picture, you know. <laughs> and I, I, I drive all the way home, all sad. Yeah, I understand. My, my barber school is in Abilene, right? So I drove back and forth every day. And so on my way back from Abilene, I'm just kind of, like, discouraged, man. I'm like, nobody, like, that's messed up. You got to understand, I went to barber school with some tough people. You know what I mean? Like, this, so, these, some, these some people that are tough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I can't even spell tough. T-U-F. No. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were rough. Or rough. R-U-F. No. <laughs> And so I come home, and so I was a little scared, you know what I mean? Like, I, I might look gangster, but I'm not. And I'm on my way home with my little ward, and I get home, and um, I kind of just put on the table. <laughs> I put on the table, and I'm just kind of discouraged, man. Like, golly, like, they weren't even happy for me, you know? I drive every day, 89 miles back and forth, and whatever. And so I remember, <laughs> I, I, I talk about my mom a lot, but we li she lives with me, you know? And so... Uh, she's like, what's wrong, mijo? And I'm just like, man, they gave me this award and nobody cheered for me, you know? Like, it was just kind of messed up, you know? I'm all 20, 28, 29, all old already, all sad. 
And, <laughs> and so she's like, oh, it's okay, mijo, like, you're going to do good and stuff. And I was like, all right. And so I just kept going to school. Uh, well, I went to school the next day, and I came home. And when I came home, my mom, that little piece of paper that I just threw on the table, my, my mom had literally framed it for me. It was a perfect attendance award for like three days. <laughs> she literally <laughs> framed it for me. I, I saw it there framed, and I just, man, I looked at it. I just busted out in tears. I was just like, man, this is like the sweetest thing. Why? Because I was reminded that even in the baby steps, even in the, even in the little things, that though nobody around me was supporting me, my mom was cheering me on. And I'm here to tell you today, if loving people is hard and you don't have support, you have the God of creation cheering you on. He's cheering you on. It might be tough to love people. I get it. People are hard to deal with. They're messed up. They'll do stuff to us. They'll stab us in the back. I get it. But don't let other people's decisions change your character of loving people. Don't allow that to happen. I'm telling you, the love that Jesus gives you, man, it's a beautiful thing. And it deserves to be poured out. It deserves to be poured out. Hey, hey, if you have nobody that has your back, Celebration Church Young Adults has your back. Come on, can I say that today? We have your back. You see, I also wonder, man, loving people, it being tough, we can be honest and say that. We, we often come, it's come to my mind before, well, how, am I gonna, how are they going to pay me back? Like, I'm going to do something good, and yeah, they can't pay me back, so why, why help? Why, why love? I'm not going to get anything from it. I'm not going to get anything in return. Uh, it, it's, it's not going to benefit me. So, so why, even, why even bother? You see, my friends, the question isn't if I do this, what is it going to do for me? That shouldn't be the question. If I do this, what, what's in it for me? No, the question should be, if I don't do this, how could it affect them? If I don't love the way God loves me, man, how could this literally determine their life or death situation in the future? I'm telling you, loving people is vital. We're not called to be selfish, my friends. We're called to be selfless. We're called to be selfless. Um, A selfish mentality will always leave you by yourself. That's just the truth. A selfish mentality will always leave you by yourself. Or maybe it isn't selfishness for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's fear. Maybe, maybe you're a little scared to love. I'm scared to help people out because last time you fill in the blank. I'm scared to love people because last time they, they just used me. Or last time they, yeah, they, 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 just, they, they just tore me apart. Or I didn't pray for them that one time because, yeah, they, they, they didn't get healed. And, uh, it, it, yeah, it, I don't, they didn't get healed on the spot. Can I, can I just say, please pray for people if that's what God's, ask, God's asking to do. The, the, if, whether they get healed on the spot or not, the credit doesn't go to you anyway. It always goes to God. So if I can say this, man, keep loving people. Keep praying for people. They'll never allow someone's negative response affect how you treat people. You see, fear is of the enemy. 
Fear comes from the enemy. It doesn't come from God. The enemy will love nothing more but to put fear and instill that in your life. And as he does that, he will love to instill anxiety and even stress. Even stress. And if I'm going to be honest, I've realized that in my own life, sometimes when I find myself stressing, it's because I've, I've stopped resting. I've stopped resting. I've stopped resting. I find myself stressing because, because I've stopped resting. Can I remind you that resting is the blessing? Resting in Jesus is the blessing. Resting in who he is is the blessing the other day. Um, my girlfriend came over to my house, and she was going to wash her clothes. She was going to use the washer. And um, so she's putting her clothes in the washer, and um, this creature <laughs> came out of nowhere. I'm so, I okay, I don't know if uh, y'all probably, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Y'all probably don't ever have, like, have ever dealt with this. But y'all, y'all know those roaches, the big ones like this? <laughs> like, the big, big ones like this. Like, they don't just look scary, but like the ones that fly, you know what I'm saying? They fly. Y'all quit acting like y'all don't know. They fly. And so we were, my, my girlfriend was putting her clothes in. Man, all of a sudden this roach appears out of nowhere on my wall. And so I'm, you know, I'm doing everything I can to be, you know, the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, stand back, babe. I got this, you know. <laughs> With the chancla on my hand. <laughs> for real, for real. And literally, man, I'm shaking inside. I'm nervous. I'm scared. And all of a sudden, she grabs the chunkla out of my hand. She walks up to that roach and, bah! Man, she smacks it. It falls. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> you got to understand, she's from the ranch. You know what I'm saying? She goes over there, and she literally, you're not going to believe, picks it up. She picks it up with her hands, and she, like, tries to, like, pretend she can throw it on me. I'm like, ah, heck no. I was so scared. I was literally, man, I was stressing the whole time. I was so scared. She grabbed the rope. She walks to the back door, and she chunks it outside. Man, I was just, I was literally just standing. I was like, man, you are amazing. (laughs) Like, that was cool. (laughs) Yeah, and, and then, like, <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the other, and then, like, literally the next day, there's another roach in my house. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm going to get the, the, the exterminator, what is it called, exterminator come, come through, so y'all don't judge me. There's another roach the next day, and it, like, flies, you know what I'm saying? And my sister, sees, she's like, call Gabby! <laughs> but... Man, that whole time, man, I was, I was in fear, if I'm going to be honest. I was, I was a little nervous. I was scared. I was a little shake. I was a little shaken up. Um, but, man, man, she, 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 was, she, she got it. And she, just, she, just threw, she just threw it away. And I think the truth is, is, is that in order for us to find rest, we, we, have to be, we have to be willing to throw out the things that are causing us stress. In order to find rest... We have to be willing to throw out the things that are causing us stress. Man, I'm telling you, fear, anxiety, stress will only hold you back from everything that God has for you. It will only hold you back. Don't limit yourself from the things that God has for you. Man, I'm telling you, God has good things for you. He has amazing, beautiful things for you. Don't allow these things to hold you back 
from what he has from you, for even loving, from even loving people. You see, when you can finally rest, here's the truth. When you can finally find rest in who Jesus is, when you can finally rest, it'll be that much easier to see people's best. When you finally find rest, it'll be that much more easier for you to see people's best, to see the best in people. I'm telling you, we're called to see the best in and people, and that's exactly what we're about to read in the story again. This is where we pick up. This new character pops in. He saw the best in this guy. This guy that had been beaten. He had been robbed. They stole everything he had. He's literally, the Bible says, half dead. He's half dead. And we pick up here in verse 33. But a Samaritan, <clears throat> but a Samaritan as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him... He took pity on him. A Samaritan. You got to remember, Jesus is telling this story to an expert in the law. And you got to understand that if, if Jesus would have, when Jesus had said this word, this Samaritan, all of them would have went like, wait, what? Like it would have like dropped their jaws in this moment because they didn't get along with the Samaritans. But Jesus continues the story. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. I just read that. I read it again. Um, but I got more to say, so I'm not going to continue yet. The word, uh, the word pity, man, can also translate to compassion, to have compassion. So not only did the Samaritan see him, he had compassion, uh, he had compassion for him. The truth is, is as we, we just read, the, the Levi and the priests, the, the Bible says that they saw the man. But that's it. They saw him and they, they went the other way. But this man, the Samaritan man, not only saw him, but had compassion for him. He, it's one thing to see people, but it's another thing to see people. Did you get what I'm saying? It's one thing to see people, but it's another thing to really see people. I'm telling you, this man saw him and had compassion. When is the last time? When is the last time you, you really saw somebody? Like, when's the, when's the last time you really saw? Because the truth is, those two guys, the priest and the, and the Levi, they, they didn't. They decided not to. I'm telling you, uh, man, as we allow God to, to, to allow us to see people through his eyes, man, people are going to be beautiful to you. People, we live in a world where we're caught up with ourselves. Can we be honest? We live in, in, in a world where everybody's about me, 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 I'm going to do me, I'm going to do me, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, man. God wants to do some things through you. Like, quit, stop just doing you. No, God wants to do stuff through you. Verse 34 says this, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. This man literally got off his donkey and started, you know, performing first aid on this dude, bandaging him up, taking care of him, doing what the other guys didn't, didn't do. And one thing I love about this is that the good Samaritan, he got off of his donkey to care for the man. He got off his donkey to, 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 to care for the man. You see, Sometimes truly caring for people means getting off of your high horse. 
And I'm not coming at you in a bad way. I'm not, please don't take this as condemning. But sometimes truly caring for people means getting off, man, and, and, and really caring for, for the one who's broken and the one who is hurting. Because the truth is, they're all around us. They're in this room. And can I remind you today that if you're in here and you're hurting and broken, the Lord wants to heal you. He wants to heal your heart. What good is it for us to go around through life, walking around like we have it all together when inside we're just broken? God wants to heal those pieces that are hurting you today. Do you believe that today? Anybody? Come on. As we go to the next scripture, 35 says, The next day he took out two denarii and gave, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And this is the end of the parable. If I can have Cody pass up wherever you're at, Cody. You see, in this story, Jesus is showing us what it means to, to love your neighbor. He, he's reminding us of what it looks like to love our neighbor. Uh, this is the end of the parable, but I love what happens next. Verse 36. This is Jesus still in the conversation with the man. The parable's done, but he says this. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He asks him. Which, which one of these guys do you think was the neighbor? And the man said this, the one who, the one who had mercy on him. He couldn't even say the Samaritan. It didn't even roll off of his tongue. It was that hard for him. To, he, he literally just said the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. You see, the expert in the law thought he, he knew it. I thought he had all the answers. And I love that Jesus responds with this beautiful parable, this beautiful story, this beautiful picture of actually who Jesus is. You might be wondering in our story, you know, I preach this message with us in mind as being the people who help the one who got robbed, the one who's been hurt, the one who's been, the one who's been uh, marginalized, uh, the one who's just nobody wants to be around. But the truth is this, in our story today, right here as we stand right here right now, if we're going to be honest, we've been the one who's been robbed. We've been the people who've been hurt. People have done some messed up stuff to us. And actually Jesus, if we're going to be honest, has been the one who's been the good Samaritan to, good Samaritan to us this whole time. Jesus himself, in this story, if we're going to look back at it from our perspective now, is the good Samaritan. He's been the one who's been loving us through it all. Why? Because in the, in the story, the good Samaritan had compassion. Jesus has compassion. In the story, the good, the good, the good, the good Samaritan helped the man bandage his wounds, help him put him back together. Man, I'm telling you, Jesus wants to put you back together tonight. You see, in this story, the, the good Samaritan, he loved fearlessly. And I'm telling you tonight, I want to remind you that Jesus loves you fearlessly. He loves you. 
See, even when we were dead in our sin, Jesus chose to take us up and to care for us. He chose, he chose you. He chose to care for you. He, he chose to love, to love you. The Bible says this in Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. We are alive because of what Christ did for us. And maybe this message may have seen, go do this, go do that, go do this. Please, go love. Please help people. Please, go do that stuff. But more than anything, please, allow God to love you. More than anything, allow him to care for you. Allow him to do what he does best. The Bible says here, it is by grace you have been saved. There's nothing you could have done. There's nothing that we could do within our own strength. No, it's, it's by the grace of God that we've been saved. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to create a moment right here. And maybe you're here today and say, man, Mauricio, I've, I've never been saved. I've never really truly asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life or my Savior. Can I remind you today that it doesn't take you, it doesn't take you doing all this stuff for you to be saved. It doesn't take you doing X, Y, Z, one, two, three. Can I tell you and remind you that Jesus already paid it all on the cross for you? There's nothing you have to do. Just receive his love and his goodness. And if that's you today and you say, man, Mauricio, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says if that's you at the count of three, just slip up your hand. One, God loves you. Two, now is your moment. Three, come on, please, please. Yes, yes, yes. Hands going up. Come on. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's you today. Anybody else? I don't want to leave nobody out. I want to pray for you. Anybody else? Yes. Come on. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Mm beautiful beautiful believers if we can just pray together with these dear heavenly father thank you for loving me thank you for forgiving me i ask you to come into my life and transform me from the inside out from this day forward i will never be the same in jesus name Amen and amen. Come on, can we give it up for those who said yes to Jesus today? Stepping over from death to life.